All right. So this is your five-minute health spot of the week for tips, tricks, and resources. And it usually takes more than five minutes just because that's the way <laughs> that it always ends up happening. Usually we're in the 10 to 12-minute spot. So um, last week I announced that I was going to be um, reviewing the Netflix documentary Cooked. Um, which is um, an amazing um, four-part documentary series. So we talked about it last week. But I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit this week because of some of the things that have been happening in the world recently. And I kind of think we just need to talk about that. So I'm going to get back to that next week. So don't worry. I'm going to continue with the review. But I kind of want to switch over to a little bit of a more heavy topic, um, mental mm-hmm. illness and suicide. And the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this today with the, you know, with Kate Spade passing away this week and then this morning, Anthony Bourdain, and it was actually said it is a, it was a suicide. His friend um, and amazing chef Eric Repair found him, which I think would probably have just been a devastating thing. Um, this one was very visceral for me. I'm a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. I've been following him for years. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he is like chef and travel expert you know he travels around the world to all these different cultures he was on the travel channel for a while he's on cnn now and you know he's he's an amazing storyteller i mean i literally fell in love with other cultures and other countries watching him talk to people and sit at people's dinner tables and have a conversation and you know i was talking to bertram before we came in here and just kind of discussing his life and how he had this amazing ability and this curiosity to sit with a person and be truly present with them and learn everything about them and pull things out of them that a regular just reporter would never have been able to do. He was amazing to me. I'm like, literally this morning, I was almost in crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Deb knows I'm not a crier. So. I am, for the record. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to, I'm gonna try not to shed some tears about this because then Deb's going to start crying oh and then I'll just be a cry fest. But it was really, it really hit hard for me. And I'm not one of those that typically, like if a celebrity passes away, you know, I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. awful and sad. But I usually don't have an emotion response to it but this one was painful to me because I look at you know and obviously you can't obviously judge a book by its cover but I look at this life that he led and the amazing things that he got to do and the people that he got to meet and you know see parts of humanity that most of us will never get to see and the way that he did it with so much uh, you know, with such a wonderful sense of humor and uh, a wonderful, connect, you know, ability to con- really, truly connect to people. And I just am at a loss for words. I just am like, what happened? I don't, I don't understand. I'm just, I'm, I'm floored. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think when we were actually having a conversation yesterday, because all three of us have experience with family members or friends with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And the thing I think that I, the thing I think I want to kind of talk about is we don't want this to become normal. <laughs> we don't want to normalize this kind of trend of suicide and mental illness and the things that are happening around it. Um, you know, I, my husband and I were discussing this um, before he we went to work this morning and when we saw the announcement of um, Anthony Bourdain's suicide and they were saying that some of the stats are in the last decade, 25% increase in suicide rate mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, a mm-hmm. 25%. And that's across all age groups. Now, not necessarily 25% in each age group, but across all age groups on the whole, it's all going up 25% increase. And it is now considered the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Suicide. How, it's, so I'm, I'm just, I don't understand how we got here. 
I mean, I think there's so many things that we could talk about, you know, and of course we all kind of know what the risk factors are, but it seems like, and, and actually they were saying there was a study done in 2017 in 28 different states where, you know, half of the suicides that happened, um, there was no diagnosis of mental illness prior to suicide. So it was kind of basically a shock like this is for me this is like a really big shock for me Mm -hmm. and you know the risk factor is usually you know social isolation and addiction you know drugs and alcohol and the hopelessness feeling and deep you know diving into depression and things like that but when there aren't any of those signs how does this happen Mm -hmm. like how does someone get to such a state of hopelessness and despair that the only answer is to just not be here anymore Mm -hmm. I don't get it excuse me you know it's it's one of those subjects that's so faux pas you yeah. know nowadays it's it, it's amazing 20 years to today we have so many avenues of communication and yet we talk less and mm-hmm. we know less about people than ever before there's it, it's like the the keyboard warriors you can say and do whatever you want behind a keyboard but human interaction is so important and, and there's just something to be said for that you know and and People just don't pay attention anymore, you know? Yeah, we're really definitely very, very distracted. And I think the connection is a really important piece of the puzzle. You know, when you look at cultures where people live into their, you know, 80s, 90s, Mm -hmm. 100s, and they're very, very healthy, one of the main things, it's not about what they're eating. It's not about how much exercise they're Mm -hmm. getting. It is about their community Mm -hmm. and the connection that they have Mm -hmm. that get them to that you know, those years of life mm-hmm. with good health. It is the community and the connection, and we're losing it. We're losing it every single day. I mean, there, I, I do believe there is a trend of us trying to kind of get that back, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's it's really a, it's, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> well, and you look on Facebook, and, <clears throat> excuse me, people aren't going to post their deep, dark secrets. They're right. not going to post their pain. They're going to post, look, look how perfect my life is. Oh, your life is perfect. Oh, let me one-up you. Let me try to show you that my life is so much better than it really is. You know, people that come into my office on a daily basis, every single one of them checks that Bach depression. Yeah. Every single one of them. And you, just looking at somebody, we think we could tell if you look at somebody. You cannot tell if you look at somebody. People hide things very well nowadays. So. Yeah. We're really, really good mm-hmm. at hiding things. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I know it's it's I yeah I just <laughs> I was I was just so floored I mean seriously I'm almost at a loss for words because I was so floored by the news this morning and I'm like you know we just we got to have we just got to take a few minutes and talk about this because mm-hmm. it is like you said it's a faux pas we don't want to talk about mental illness we don't want to talk mm-hmm. about the fact that you know things aren't going well for people and the whole you know we are the Instagram you know now generation and it was interesting I was I was listening to um take 2 with Jamie and Amy on the way over here this morning and they were talking about you know different things on Pinterest that are go- that are in you know, kind of in vogue with weddings right now and they were talking about um how a lot of what's happening is that the wedding needs to be instagram worthy and they were discussing how they don't like that trend and Mm -hmm. i would totally agree and i think it's a perfect example of what how we're getting where we are when we don't realize that someone's in in a lot of pain because we're all trying to be instagram worthy Mm -hmm. we're all trying to do this thing which is adam eating a sandwich in front of my face out the window thank you for making me laugh adam. we needed him we, that was awesome that was pretty we good. need we did need a moment we we're getting a yeah. we're getting i know this is kind of a heavy very good. Very good. The biscuit. The i love thinks that so too yes <laughs> on the floor right now 
I love it. Thank you, Adam. We needed a moment of laughter yes. there because this is a heavy topic. But, you know, I just thought it was really kind of important to to just throw it out there because mm-hmm. Again, we don't talk about it enough. And because we are now the, you know, we're the Instagram, we're the Facebook generation where everything looks really perfect on the outside and there's really a lot of pain. And I think all three of us could certainly say that the majority of people who come to see us, Mm -hmm. the things that they say they're coming to see us for are not usually the problem. It's all this like underneath pain that they don't know how to process. They don't know what to do with it. Because there's so, there's so many avenues for them to access in terms of the internet. I mean, literally... We're in a society of just boom, boom, boom. And I think that some people have a misconception that just because this information is out there online that it's going to help them or they should know better or they should have this information or they should understand it. But, I mean, that's not necessarily true at all. Just because you're reading it doesn't mean that you're absorbing it or it's helping you. I mean, I know it's just like reading a book, which is great. I love books. And you can read about, you know, let's say positive Stuff right, and, you positive know, affirmations. And it's great, you know, it's wonderful, stuff, but yeah. you know, sometimes it doesn't quite stick. Though, it does, mm-hmm. just because you read the book doesn't mean it's actually going to change, or you know, really help you know someone who has got a situation you know that severe. But yeah, yeah. it's it's I know it's sad stuff. Yeah, it really is sad stuff. And so we just want to really you know this morning just encourage you if you're having those thoughts and feelings if that's you know, if you're going down that path, you know, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family, reach out to someone professional. If that's not comfortable for you, you can always call the national suicide hotline. That's 1-800-273-TALK, you know, but I think that's the key word is talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it feels, you know, completely hopeless and, and very despairing, but there is hope and there's people that can help guide you to that. And a lot of times, like you said, we can read a book, but we, a lot of times cannot do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think that's part of the whole point is that we really truly need each mm-hmm. other and we're not relying on each other we're not reaching out except for through like the you know technology lines of communication mm-hmm. and those are just it's just not enough that personal touch looking into mm-hmm. someone's eyes having someone you know touch you on the shoulder or hold your hand you know through something like that that is really truly how we heal so we have a lot more to talk about today sorry to get you off on a heavy point but i just really wanted to kind of throw that out there so communication is up next do you communicate or just talk at the people in your life Welcome back, Thrive Life community. <laughs> so glad to have you with us today as I have Deb and Marisha back on the show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so we had a little bit of a heavy topic, you know, going into our Thrive in Five segment today. Um, as I said, if you are just tuning in with me, I was reviewing the Cook documentary on Netflix, but we wanted to just kind of talk about mental illness and um, suicide with, you know, Kate Spade passing away this week. And now um, this morning, Anthony Bourdain, which was a visceral pain for me because I'm a huge fan of his. And Kind of part of what we discussed, you know, we're going to go into our main topic of conversation, which is communication. And I think that was actually kind of a great segue into Mm -hmm. communication because communication Mm -hmm. is also connection. And, you know, the lack of connection we all kind of feel is like part of what's going on with the issues in the right and the extreme rise in mental illness. So we're going to really kind of, you know, dig into communication today, which is going to be fun. And we'll have some fun and laughs now. And thanks to Adam for making us laugh during our heavy first segment with his biscuit eating. (laughs) Um, It was awesome. So, <laughs> so we started out having a really good conversation about all of this yesterday because we just sit and gab for hours. So we kind of started with the three forms of communication. So Marisha, I would love for you to kind of 
talk about what the three forms of communication are. And also, I thought your story of how you what you thought you were versus what you realized you were was really good. So please tell us that too. Okay, sounds okay. good. So um, there's th- three main ways that people process information, and also how they communicate, and also how they can give and receive love. So they're all kind of combined a little bit. So. The three are visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. Visual obviously means, you know, pictures, thinking. Uh, Auditory obviously (laughs) is hearing, being your main focus. And then kinesthetic means that you're actually feeling things in your body, like you actually process information. Like you take it in, you process it inside, and then come outward with it. Oh, so that's so with this, interesting. Because yeah. I, I think of like the kinesthetic as like, you know, actual like physical touching something. And they tend to be p- individuals that, that do definitely that? they're like their number one probably, you know, love way of communicating is going to be through touch yeah. because they're going to be, that's going to be very, very important to them. But knowing this is really cool because, you know, normally just, you know, walking around, you think that your specific way that you hear things or... Uh, the way you communicate or feel things or whatever, other people are the same way, yeah. right? And that's not the, that's not <laughs> not the case. Not the case. Right. <laughs> so, for example, a visual person tends to speak quick. They tend to actually be usually pretty petite in terms of body size, but they're thinking all the time in pictures, and it's like crazy, you huh. know, but it's cool. I mean, yeah. I think it's amazing, right? But they think a lot in pictures. So That's if you don't think in pictures hmm. and you're having a conversation with this person as they're talking, they're thinking and visualizing all these things. So things are coming out kind of rapidly. Uh-huh. And because of that, sometimes their awareness of what's in front of them, they have to take a little bit extra care to be aware of what's in front of them because they're they're keeping up right. with all of this up in here. So that is yeah. so interesting. I did not even think about like a visual learner because again, I guess I'm thinking everything very external. So this is yes. really cool. I am I'm like I need to be taking notes or something because <laughs> I'm thinking of it being a very external thing, mm-hmm. and but it's really a very internal thing. I never thought about a visual. That means I am not a visual learner. I've right. always thought I was a visual learner, but well, I do not really. Be, and it's we're not all, my main. Right, for sure. and it may not be your number one, but right. we're all usually a combination of all three. Right, definitely. We, we have all of them. It's just that there's usually a primary. Yeah, technically. So if that person is thinking and you know they're really big on pictures and visualizing and seeing things, a lot of times, like for instance, um, they may appreciate someone who's doing something for them in front of them that they see. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like bringing them flowers or cleaning the house for them. That might be wow. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so oh my cool. gosh, my right? life has been made. Yes. And that person may or may not necessarily need the hug right no. off the gate. Yes. They're really thrilled when someone's doing or showing them something. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the questions that sometimes I'll, <clears throat> this was posed to me a long time ago, the question was asked. And so, uh, so if you're, and everyone might respond differently to this. So your significant other or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, spouse, does something that upsets you or hurts your feelings, um, what would be your number one for them to do something for you or bring something for you or do something that they know is special to you or you would really love and appreciate? Um, Say you're sorry verbally Mm -hmm. or give you a hug. What would be your number one? Oh, you know, I would always think that it would be like a hug, but I think for me it's like say you're sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the same for me. So interesting. I never thought that about myself. Saying I'm sorry would be number one for me personally. Second would be the hug, 
and then third would be doing something. Yes, mm-hmm. for I'm exactly me. Yeah. the same. I'm the same. Okay, uh, of surprise. Course. So of course <laughs> I posed <laughs> I posed the question to my husband. Right, I was just kind of curious, and his number one was the hug first. Oh, wow. So he wanted the hug first, then you can say you're sorry, and then you can do something for me. Hmm. But the reason why this is kind of cool stuff is that whatever your number one is, if you think that's the other person's automatically, mm-hmm. they may or may not really appreciate what you're doing. So for example, let's say for my husband, example, for, for him, if I did something to upset him, and instead of giving him a hug, I'm running around doing all the stuff for him, cooking and you know doing special stuff, and he's sitting there like, can you just sit down and give me a hug, please? Wow. Don't worry about doing yeah. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just please just give me a hug and you know, maybe tell you to be sorry. Actually, if I even tell him I'm sorry, that's not even the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, if I just hug. give him a hug and a kiss, boom, it's done. Wow, and he might say, "Oh, you know, later on, you know, might be a little <laughs> conversation, you know." But I mean, right. that's that's yeah. really that that works for him. But so, that's but how everyone's he's different. Respond. Yeah. So you might want to pose that question to you know someone in your life that's special to you to see. And of course, I want all three, you know, because I'm a chick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> This is a help. this is a huge uh, issue for my wife and I because we've we've done this and she is uh, the way uh, our my therapist broke it down was uh, doing something it, like acts of service and my yeah. wife that's her she wants that I'm physical touch of course yeah. and uh, you know so I go around trying to do stuff for her but she is just she's worse than a dude she does <laughs> not like to to touch yeah so it's an issue for us or for me I, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's something so that, you know, as a couple, you know, knowing this and when you do get, get the information, it's just to, to be conscientious of it. Well, that's the thing. And, she and, has the information. She still doesn't do it. Just give him a hug. Just Dave. give him a hug. <laughs> Just like give a like a shoulder squeeze <laughs> or like a pat on the head or something. Or yeah. just across hold the legs hand. when you sleep or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or the toes. Just hold his hand for a quick second. He yeah, even so if you better. like count to 30 and just say, because my husband will do this because I also have like a little bit of the physical touch side. The, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the talking is actually a bigger one for me, but the physical touch is a little bit. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, I just need a hug. And he would like give me a countdown, like 30 seconds <laughs> and count down. And like sometimes he would count out loud. It was hilarious. I'm like, oh my God. Gosh, you are just God. awful. Yes, because he's just not physical touch. And I've come to understand that about right. him, that that's just not his go-to. But yeah, he would give me a countdown sometimes. But at least I would, you know, he was making an effort to give me something that I needed, even though yeah. it was not comfortable for him. He would yeah. have died with the six-minute hug. I know, right? <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, please stop. Yeah, so... <laughs> Adam would love the six-minute hug. He'd be like, yes. No, no, no. The hugs, like anything <laughs> over like 10 seconds is awkward. <laughs> it's weird. So yeah. just to kind of explain the six-minute hug really really quickly, we were at, um, we were doing this really great um, workshop retreat a couple weeks ago. Deb and I were both there. And we were just going through a bunch of different, like, you know, working through emotional things, of course, because that's what you do, especially as chicks. That's what you just work through your emotions. And so we were, but it was, it was amazing it's and powerful. It's feelings. It's a feeling. It's nothing more than feelings. So, so, I mean, it was really amazing, but we had to do this thing and it was this, ended up being a six. She did not tell us know. this, but we were doing this. We just, we were with a partner and we were just, and it was all women and we were discussing different things. And then we had to just get up and hug them. And so we're thinking we're just going to do this hug. And it ended up being six minutes 
Ooh. long. Wow. So, and it was interesting though, for some people, how incredibly uncomfortable it was. And then for others, it was just like, it didn't even feel like it was that long <clears> of a period <throat> of time. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. My 10 year old started doing this. Like he was not very affectionate. Now he's in an affectionate phase. Uh-huh. And every night before bed now, he'll come and say, hey, I love you, dad. And he'll, he'll give me a kiss and he'll hug me. And it, it's like 10 seconds and he's still hugging me. And I'm looking at my wife going, this is weird, you know. I just let him. I let him finish, though. I'm like, oh, that's really nice Good of job, you. Adam. Good job, Dad. And it'll probably be a phase, and he'll move out of it. But yeah, you know, what? I You'll guess miss enjoy it. it for he'll now. hate me soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll hate you soon enough. Yeah, if we all remember back to being teenagers, he'll hate you soon enough. So that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. You should definitely enjoy it. That's so nice. Yep. Yes. Sorry. So I got Anyways, us totally off track. Total tangent. Yeah, oh, that's okay. <laughs> no worries. That's just that, was a good tangent, though. That's just what yeah. we do. I know. That's what it makes us so fun. I know. Exactly. So in summary, just to be kind of aware and conscientious that the way that you feel something or the way you think about something or the way you need or give and receive love may or may not be what that other person needs. But knowing this is also super important because you can easily hurt someone's feelings unintentionally mm-hmm. by not being receptive to what it is that they may need. Right. And I know it might be tough for the person who's not the touchy person, you know, like, oh, goodness but you know just doing a little something to make that person feel better that can make a huge difference yeah yeah i mean it could literally take a lot of stress down on the relationship absolutely take pressure off yeah and then also um you know can cause resentfulness mm-hmm. in each other mm-hmm. um and you know sometimes too when people are dating they may or not be you know giving the real deal <laughs> right off the gate so so let's say Have we, a little <laughs> bit of a persona yeah um, exactly yeah. so um you know, just try to find that stuff out a little bit, see what's going on. Yeah, because um, they may be like real touchy-feely up front, you know, because it's the newness of the love and the butterflies and everything, but that's not actually how they right. communicate, you know, right. in the long term. And if they start to pull away, the other person might be like, what did I do? What's right. happening? But like, it's really just them getting comfortable in the relationship right. and starting to be themselves. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to throw out there is in terms of someone maybe visual who's, you know, a fast talker, typically someone who's a little bit more on the kinesthetic or the feeling side tend to be a little bit more, you know, slow to roll in their Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they're having some sort of, you know, out here (laughs) or they don't don't have like a cognitive issue. Normally some people who take their feelings in and they kind of process it as they communicate or make decisions sometimes are a little bit slower in their speech Mm. and they tend to just be way you know a little bit more calm in the way they come off and so the person who is the fast talker and i'm not talking you know sometimes this is cultural because deb i know i've had to slow down just being raised up north because up north people talk fast everything is fast so um that's different but also um if that person is a speed talker talking to somebody who is slower in their conversation. Can you imagine how overwhelming that is? Yes, because mm-hmm. I do. I think I do that to people because <laughs> well, I naturally I have, talk right, really fast, too. especially yeah. so if I'm giving to, information. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, get excited, whatever. Yeah. So um, I know sometimes that you know, just in our line of work in general, you know, if that person is slower, I, I'm going to slow down with them because mm-hmm. I make them feel comfortable. Because if I'm whizzing around. They're just like, Whew. like what yeah. is what's happening, happening right now? And then they're not actually <laughs> able to process the information. Mm-hmm. And then uh, automatically there's going to be a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's just something to be conscious of. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's auditory, what are some of the things? How do they kind of auditory process Auditory usually tends to be just kind of a, a regular, you know, uh, 
tone or not regular tone, a regular speed, regular mm-hmm. speed. They're not mm-hmm. too fast or too slow. Um, but they're going to be very sensitive in terms of tone mm-hmm. or okay. um, the way someone's speaking to them. So they may be, um, maybe they could be a little bit louder, or maybe they're very sensitive to the way someone communicates with them. So, for example, um, because my husband's in the military, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, 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 this is something we've had to we've had to work. If you through. could only see her face right now, I know that's funny. Sometimes he he doesn't mean to be, mm-hmm. but sometimes he can be a little abrupt, and I'm like. I am not your like subordinate right now, and he's not doing it purposely. It's right. just something that just because of his training and, it's and very some natural of the for him. Sometimes, especially if it's something that's you know kind of serious, you know, can be a little bit abrupt. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, gosh, you're just so like not sweet right now. Like <laughs> I don't like that. Or maybe just his tone might mm-hmm. sound firm, and I'm very very sensitive to that. Now, of course, now because you know with the training I've had and all this cool stuff and just you know, over the years of the relationship and understanding that he's not meaning to do that intentionally and he's not trying to hurt my feelings and he's not trying to come off like a jerk. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he is. So right. I mean, we have an understanding now <laughs> that if I say, um, that sounded a little firm, then, it's a you know, salty. he tries, yeah, a little oh, salty. Oh, that was salty. our word. <laughs> yeah. Sound a little salty. Um, you know, he tries to be more conscientious about it, you yeah. know, and, um, but I mean, I don't expect him to be sitting here all sing song right. with me either okay. because, right. you know, no, at the end of the day, no, yeah. No, no, no. I don't want that. But anyways, that's just an example of, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit more auditory might be more sensitive to maybe someone's tone or how loud somebody is or whatever it might be. So, for instance, if someone's super loud, um, it, like, irritates me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to be irritated, but it just irritates me because I'm sensitive. Yeah. I'm the same way. There's a point where it's just, like, it's too much. I can be a little loud. So can I. So, like, I have to actually, like, I'm sometimes not loud check at all. in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our loudness in our own love languages when we come back. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you again this morning. Deb and Marisha are back on the show today. Thank you, ladies, for joining me. We are, of course, having way too much fun. And we've gone through already a variety of topics of conversation. So we did start off the segment of, you know, mental illness and suicide with Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Anthony Bourdain is very near and dear to my heart. So RIP to Anthony. Um, And then we're kind of talking about communication today, which is an important part of helping people with mental illness. So communication in the first segment, we kind of went through, you know, are you auditory, are you visual, are you kinesthetic, and what does that mean? And it was awesome. I absolutely learned some things I didn't know. And we were talking right at the end about being auditory. And so, Deb, I have to have you tell the story. Will your sister kill you? Oh, probably. (laughs) Because this is really funny. So we were, all the three of us are actually have some auditory where if there's, if there's a lot of noise or if someone's really, really loud and boisterous like uh, you know and kind of like at that you know really high level all the time or for me if like the tv's on and my husband's watching something on his phone and so that noise is coming at me from either side it's it's just really overwhelming to me so usually I'll just mute the tv so he can finish watching what he's watching but Deb you just gave us a great story about being (laughs) auditory like that and how it can affect you know friends and family right well I'm super sensitive to noise and it's just been a lifelong thing in my family it drives them absolutely bonkers right and and you know I'm a cancer and uh, we have certain traits that are unique and my sister gave birth to a cancer baby boy uh the the astrology sign by the way um 
Anyways, uh, she, you know, just gave birth to him. She took him to the movies with her husband because they wanted to go to the movies. And a lot of babies will just be quiet, sleeping, whatever. And Caleb was not happy about it. And she was like, and there were other things that showed up that were very similar to traits about me. And she's like, oh, dear God, I gave birth to Debbie. (laughs) So Debbie is back in the world. I don't know if she's listening to this right now. Jess, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. No, I'm just kidding. It's wonderful that you have another Debbie with you all the time. Yeah, Yeah. she might beg to differ, but... So along with our learning cells, and and this is a great way to kind of go into the five love languages. Yes. Yes. So um, a lot of you out there may have heard of the five love languages Mm -hmm. before. That's a great book, and I'm sure there's probably a website. Oh, there Um, is. Yes, that you can go and learn more about this. But we're going to kind of tell you a little bit about what the different five love languages Mm -hmm. are. I'm sure we will all have our own stories popping up as Mm -hmm. we discuss through these, because we just do, and we're all very, very similar, (laughs) which is probably why we're friends. So why don't you tell us (laughs) what are the five love languages, and why do we need to care about this? Okay, so the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, giving gifts, and physical touch. So um, it's interesting because, excuse me, in the last week or so, I've actually sent a link to a few of my patients because they're talking about like they're, they're having disagreements with their husbands and they just can't seem to get on the same page. And it just, I'm like, well, you know, do you know your love language? And they're like, what are you talking about? And like how you receive love is generally how you give it, thinking that others, another person's receiving it that way, and they just don't get it that way. So there is, if you go to fivelovelanguages.com, I believe, um, you can actually take a test and see what love language you are. And I highly encourage mm-hmm. couples, even singles, just figure out how you like to be loved and, you know, how you give it and how you receive it. But, but... As Marisha was saying, you know, if someone is about acts of service, um, you spending quality time, they're like, just, I want, I want you to do something for me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just sit here. What are you doing? You know, like, make, make, me, you know, make, me, make me a special dinner, bake me a cake and, yeah. you know, yeah. all of these type of things. And <laughs> yeah, you can see where that would maybe get out of hand fast. Right. Yeah. 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 So, but, you know, and, you know, like as Adam was saying, you know, um, you know, physical touch. If someone's not a physical touch person and they're more of a, like a, a gift receiving, you know, it, it just makes it for a difficult way to get on the same page. So yeah, if, so, if you're, if they're, if they're not an affection person, it can be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. for that person to show affection as in, in within physical mm-hmm. touch, whether it's giving a hug or holding hands or sitting close with mm-hmm. someone, it's, it's really uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's just so not, not who they are and it's right. completely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that's the thing. People just don't understand. Like I know how I receive love. It makes no sense to me why other people wouldn't receive it the same way. <laughs> like, seriously? That's why? Right. You know, but it's true. So it, it, it's just getting out of your own way and loving someone the way that they receive it. If you care about them, you'll give it to them. Even if it's a little uncomfortable, you'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a really good friend who um, her natural tendency is not to give gifts to people but she has friends who are that way and she mm-hmm. actually has started going out of her way mm-hmm. to give gifts to those friends that that's how they receive love mm-hmm. and it was amazing like the transformation even just in their relationship mm-hmm. just and it was completely outside of her comfort zone and not right. something she would normally do but you know just seeing that effort was just really cool and how mm-hmm. that helped the relationship and the friendships and, <clears throat> excuse me and some people think of um giving gifts as oh they're just materialistic 
it's not that at all. It really is like, oh, you were at the store and you thought about me. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you put some effort into thinking about me. And here's a little token of my love for you or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're usually for when she, when she does get something for people, it's very personal to the person. It's mm-hmm. not just some random thing just to give them a gift. It's very personal. Right. She thought about it. She usually like gives them a card with it talking. I mean, it's really cool, mm-hmm. especially that it's just so outside of her comfort zone to right. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. It is cool. Yeah. So what are you? Oh, well, you know, I did the, <laughs> I did the quiz. Let me just put you on the spot and I just know. tell me. Well, I should have redone the quiz last night. I, I did it. I did it this morning. I, know. I, you know, I think I, I know, but I'm I think still I do too. Yeah. So actually, the top three are pretty close. So, like, there's, um, uh, uh, for the, my scores, the number nine, like, I got nine points for quality time. I got eight points for acts of service and eight for physical touch. Three words of affirmation and two receiving gifts. So, mm-hmm. words of affirmation and receiving gifts aren't really important to me yeah so it is quality time acts of service physical touch and to me they're all the same thing they kind of are <laughs> you know what i mean because you can do them all at the same yeah, time <laughs> it's perfect yeah. <laughs> so marisha what do you think you are i know i should have done i should have redone the test you can do it yeah, fast I, can. I know that's okay do have a... no we well. don't have time <laughs> hmm. That's going to be kind of tricky because I feel like I'm going to have like three in there. That's okay. That's, and that's me. Yeah. That, my, I feel I like have I have three too. Top ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because quality time is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Physical touch is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation though. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I do like that. Though, yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. See, I think those are my three too. I think it's the quality time, the physical touch, and the words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think those are my three as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but I will take the quiz. I know. And I need to, so I'll everyone update. needs to, you yeah, know, take, take the, the quiz, quiz today. <laughs> if you have a significant other, have them take the quiz too. And you know, it's really interesting. Um, this this functional medicine doc that I love, his name is Sachin Patel. Um, he has a Living Proof Institute. He actually has all of his um, patients patients spouses as well as people he's hiring mm-hmm. take these type of tests including the love language test i i yes. highly and recommend it, it to everybody i think it's so cool and i'm like oh my gosh i should totally do this in my own practice because mm-hmm. if i know even in my own practice what someone's love language is and my ability to communicate would be so much better with them because i know what it is that they're needing because some you know i have some um, clients who definitely don't need to be you know like but i don't need they don't need me to be a cheerleader for them they right. just mm-hmm. are like by the book just, this is what they want mm-hmm. you know but some of them really need that positive mm-hmm. feedback like you're doing so amazing this is going so well great job some of them really need that and some of them absolutely just it doesn't matter to him if mm-hmm. i was to do that they'd be like um thanks i guess mm-hmm. it just really wouldn't resonate with them so i'm like man that's such a great idea and i love the fact that he does not only the pe- the person that he's working with but if they have family members who are involved in you know the treatment process he has them take it too mm-hmm. that's super like, cool that's so cool i love that idea mm-hmm. you know the more you learn about how people communicate the better your relationships can be absolutely mm-hmm. especially when it comes to men and women yeah mm-hmm. you know what's funny i'm sitting here i know you're sitting there smiling and, i'm like what's on your oh mind oh my god it, it, i mean it's just like it's so funny to me because like the one like words of affirmation was like two points i think or something really right. low for me which is really funny i think about it and like um even this morning you know you complimented me on my shirt and eyes and like you know all this stuff and I'm like okay gotta go bye I know like, <laughs> she literally turned she she we were sitting at the in the office here at the station and she literally turned around she's like I'm gonna go get coffee now <laughs> so actually what I guess I'll just pose this as a challenge to people like the things that you aren't that are on the lower side maybe question into why 
That I think is a really good question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to receive a compliment Mm -hmm. from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were kind of really complimenting you (laughs) when you walked in. She has this beautiful blue top on and it makes her eyes sparkle and look really bright and beautiful. And we were like, oh my gosh, you look beautiful today. Not that you don't look beautiful every day. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, there was a striking difference. Yeah. Yeah. And she literally hightailed it out. And I do. Well, and, and, and before I became an acupuncturist, I was in sales and I was a really good sales rep. And I would she get sold used the yellow pages, by yellow, the way, which is uh, amazing. Sorry, me that way. <laughs> I just had to throw that out uh, there. The young kids are like, I'm what only yellow pages. <laughs> what is that? What's a phone? Whatever. <laughs> is that thing you sat on when you were at Pizza Hut as a kid? <laughs> Now you're really dating. <laughs> no, right? But um, but I, you know, I would always be used as an example. Oh well, Debbie did it. Debbie met her numbers, or Debbie did this. Oh, why don't you follow Debbie? Debbie, Debbie. I'm like, oh, stop mentioning me, like, because then people were hating me. Yeah, you know. So it's like one of those things. That, you became like, teacher's pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then one of my mentors, um, he passed away a few years ago. Bob Duggan, or I say a few years ago, like a year and a half ago. But he did a whole TED Talk about acknowledgement and mm-hmm. how people just don't get enough acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And so, and when you do get it, and I'm a perfect example just now, it's like someone gives me acknowledgement and I'm like, okay, bye. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, I receive it, but then I don't at the same time. So, right. yeah. you know, that's just something to pay attention to. And then it, it kind of links back into the conversation that we started with on suicide and mm-hmm. and it's like people just don't feel like they're getting enough acknowledgement and yeah they're not being and, heard and yes. and maybe they are but they're not receiving it themselves yes. and they maybe don't they maybe they don't know how because that's right. not been mirrored for them <clears throat> exactly. they don't even have the tools to receive right. acknowledgement and affirmation they don't even know what that feels like right yeah i can totally that can see that too. yes mm-hmm. and yes. you know what some old school stuff old school stuff that just works too is being a good listener yes mm-hmm. using oh, yes. manners <clears throat> mm-hmm you know, yeah. a please or a thank you goes a long way. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. It absolutely mm-hmm. does. Just showing just a level of respect for the human being across yes. from you, whether mm-hmm. you know them or not, can make a huge difference. Our, I was yeah. talking to a client even just about, you know, smiling at someone. Yes. Like, when you, we were talking Making about walking, through the, walking right. through the store and everyone's like, <laughs> and if you smile, it becomes contagious and people start smiling right. back. Yeah. And that how wonderful, what a wonderful form of communication that is. And again, it's like the eye to eye thing. Mm-hmm. So we have some more really good stuff for you guys so did y'all know that your husband and boyfriend has a nothing box in their brain you'll learn about it in a minute i have a nothing boyfriend welcome back thrive live community we are having a fantastic show for you today i hope that everybody was at the end of the last segment <laughs> because it was taking applications yeah taking <laughs> So I have Deb Belak, owner of Return to Wellness Acupuncture, and Marisha Hernandez, owner of Clearly Hypnosis, on the show for me today. Hey, John, what's up? <laughs> so we're having just way too much fun as usual because we are just awesome that way. Um, so we've been talking all about communication. So we're ending the last segment. And um, so I was posed the question of, did you know that your husband or boyfriend has a nothing box in their brain? And Deb, you know, just kind of threw out. What did you throw out, Deb? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it was enough. I have a nothing boyfriend. I don't even know what I said, but yes, that she has a nothing boyfriend, and I was like, well, he must be in his nothing box. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so he's let hiding. Me, he's hiding. <laughs> so let me explain what I mean by the nothing box and how you can learn a little bit more about this. So Adam yesterday, or I guess a couple days ago now, shared this great clip with me because I was telling him we were going to talk about this. And so it's um, it's you can go to YouTube. It's called The Tale of Two Brains. Um, there's a, like a short clip that's like about 15 minutes long, and then there's like a full um, like two hour presentation. I didn't watch that. I just watched the little clip. So the guy who's presenting, and I forgot his name, but just just YouTube it and go look at it. It's okay. So he's talking about the differences between the male brain and the female brain, and it was freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I was laughing because it's so true. Number yes. one. So he's talking about the male brain and how the male brain is made up of boxes. The boxes <laughs> do not touch each other. They do not overlap. <laughs> they do not spill into each other. They do not touch each other. So if you're having a conversation with a man, so your husband, boyfriend, nothing boyfriend, you know, <laughs> whatever that might be. <laughs> Whoever that might be, if you're having a conversation, mm-hmm. he's going to go into his brain. He's going to take that box out. He's going to open that box out and he's going to have the conversation on that topic only. When you're done with the topic of conversation, he's going to close the box, put it back in the brain, making sure not to touch any of the other boxes. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh, that explains literally everything. Yeah. It was awesome. And so then he walks over. He's got these two little, um, like, mannequin heads with brains, like, showing. And not, like, gross, but brains showing on the stage. <laughs> so he walks over to the women's brain. And the first thing he does is, like, give himself, like, the cross. <laughs> and he starts to talk about it, which I thought was hilarious. And then he proceeds to explain how the women's brain is basically a ball of wires and how all the wires are connected to absolutely everything and they're going here and there and here and there and this and that and over here and this and it's just he's like I don't understand and then he makes this face when he's talking about a woman talking to him that's like I, I wish you could see my face I can't I don't know how to describe it but it's basically like the blank uh, what's happening right now? <laughs> Why is she talking to me? What is too going? Many too many boxes are being opened. I can't handle it. And so he'll go into his nothing box. So the nothing box is the box where the man literally thinks about nothing. So the woman, the guy's sitting there with the nothing box face, which is like, uh, and she's like, what are you thinking about? And he looks at her and he's like, nothing. And she's like, how is that possible? Because we think about things All literally, the there's like no shutting it down most Mm-mm. of the time unless you learn some techniques to shut it down and yes. even then and even then i'll be like reading a book and my brain's like i'll read something in the book and my brain's like oh what about this and then i'll start reading again like oh what about this and like oh what about and then i have to put the book down and think about it and more thinking and it's like and then i think about that and i go back to the book and then i'm like oh what about this and then something pops up on the team like oh how about that <laughs> and how can i relate that back to what i'm thinking about and what i'm reading about and it's like this literally whole ball of wire it is but it was so incredible the way he explained it because I'm like, that is so true. And how he was talking about when he when he's in counseling with like a couple and she he's explaining the nothing box to the woman and how she's like, oh, my God, can I have a nothing box? And he's like, no. no and then she's like, well, can I go in his nothing box? And he's like, no, because if you go in, then it's something. <laughs> and then you're going to want to put pictures. I know, then you're going to want to put pictures and plants and maybe need some color on the walls. <laughs> I love it. It was so hilarious because it's so true. We do think about things so differently. I mean, and how, you know, my husband, literally, it's like having a conversation about one direction. And if I try to pull other things in, 
it derails the whole conversation. So I have learned, and even more so after watching that video, that, okay, if we're having a conversation, I need to stay in that conversation for him because otherwise I'm going <laughs> to shut him down. He's going to be like, oh my gosh, I why are we talking about all of this other stuff? <laughs> You know, so, so we were talking about this yesterday and so here's the visual that I was giving so I had my like my finger up in front of me and I'm like okay so here's the central conversation for a man you stay in that central conversation for us we have this circle yep. of things around the point in the center and we're linking all of them back to the thing in the center and the husband or your boyfriend is like what is happening why how can someone think about so many things all at the same time and it's really funny because it makes me think about this clip in one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I don't know why. But so there's this there's this point where um, the three main characters are sitting on the sofa and um, Hermione, she's talking about like this, another girl and talking about all these things that she's thinking and feeling like thinking about this, you know, this, you know, lost love or whatever and thinking about tests and school and all these things. And the guys look at her and they're like, how can any one person think about all these things at the same time? And I'm like, oh, they totally can because right. they're a chick. Yeah. And we can think about multiple things. Not that that's necessarily always a good no, thing because no. then we can we can just get, you know, drive ourselves out, nuts. we can drive ourselves absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. But it was, thank you, Adam, so much for sharing that because it was, number one, so true. And I just laughed hysterically. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but it was I was hysterical. dying. Very yeah, true. It is, I watched it a long time ago, but it was so funny and I, so true. <laughs> so the other thing that kind of is funny, too, that I think kind of is related. Have you noticed how chicks can multitask to the extreme? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so yeah. we're talking, you can do like 10 different things at once. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that men can't multitask, but like when I ask my husband to do something for me, like he completes this, then he goes to the next and whatever. And I don't know if you've ever watched a guy do stuff. And I'm like, wait, why couldn't you do that, that, and that at the same time? Why is it taking so long? Like, you could have already gotten five things knocked out in five minutes. Yes. Like, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. And yes. I sit there, and I'm just, but now, I mean, I, I think it's funny. I know. It's cute. You know what I'm like? Okay, right. well, he's completed this task. Now he's yeah. going to the next. He's got his list, whatever, you know. But to me, I'm like, gosh. Those are boxes that don't touch. That list is... Yes. They don't don't intertwine. They don't intertwine. Each of those has to be its own separate box open at its own separate time and not touching any of the other ones. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Good stuff. Oh, my gosh. gosh, that men are like that because... We need that. We need that. Oh, absolutely. We need that, like, reining in, and we need, you know, to be able to, and they need us to be able to kind of push them outside of their comfort zone a little bit. It's a, mm-hmm. It really is a pretty ingenious match, if you think about mm-hmm. it. It's a pretty ingenious match. Absolutely. Yeah. So we there's have given y'all so madness. much. I know. Yeah. There's a method to the universal madness. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening today. I hope we have given you some great stuff. Um, Return to Wellness and Curly Hypnosis will both be posting links to take your five love language tests. So go to their Facebook page and you can pull that up and take the test thank you ladies so much for being here thank you, Love you. Love you too. i will see you all next week on the radio have a fantastic weekend